Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another episode of the We Got Balls podcast. My name is Steve Trudeau. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Emmanuel Pacheco, Michael Almeida. Guys, how you doing? Great. On a Tuesday awesome. night. I know awesome. it's past your bedtime, too. <laughs> We're also joined by Seamus McMara of the My Wheelhouse Basketball Podcast. Sir, how are you today? Gentlemen, I'm doing fantastic. Good to see all your faces once again. And we're very excited to have you today. He's our basketball expert. And why was he here? Because today is the draft lottery for the NBA. We're very excited, me and Michael. We're both big Orlando Magic fans. Our team's only chance of success is to get lucky. So what are our odds, Seamus, of uh, pulling this thing off and getting the number one overall pick in the draft? I believe the Magic are third, so they're tied with the other two teams. You all have a 14% chance of getting the number one overall pick. But I think you have a higher likelihood of not being in the top four than the other teams. I'm not sure. It's Houston, Detroit, and you all had the worst three records. So you have just as good a chance as anyone else to win Cade. Yeah, and that's the ultimate prize right now is Cade coming, cutting him out of Oklahoma State. I know we're probably going to end up by getting the guy from Gonzaga who I've been, you know, crapping on all year long. But we'll nah. see how that turns out. You'll be happy with Suggs. So we're a little bit early. The draft lottery starts in about 15 minutes. So I kind of figured we can kind of chat about some of the NBA stuff before that kicks off. I have a bunch of topics. I'll let you uh, decide, Seamus, since you are, I guess, what you want to get into first, okay? Sounds great. So I got the Mavericks dysfunction because they've had a wild week as far as their ownership front office goes. Mm -hmm. I have the Kemba Walker trade, which I know that's going to excite you because you're a big Celtics fan. Right. Ben Simmons, I just wrote Ben Simmons, so wherever you want to go with that one, that could be interesting. Uh, Nets, Bucks, Playoff P, and 76ers, Hawks. And then if there's something else you want to get into besides that, feel free to just go wherever you want. Uh, I don't know. The one that stands off most is Ben Simmons just because of how hot of a topic he is after refusing to dunk the basketball. You know, He's known as a guy who doesn't want to shoot threes, but... This was the first time he's turned down wide open dunks in a pressure situation. So he's clearly got some mental issues going on in terms of his uh, ability to be aggressive, which is probably the most important attribute for him being successful. If you watch him when he's fantastic, it's when he's being aggressive. Uh, specifically in that game, in the third quarter, he was like awesome. So that was weird. Obviously, they're probably going to try and trade him. And because of his performance, everyone's freaking out, saying now he's not worth anything. But I think uh, he's going to – whatever team ends up with Ben Simmons is going to get a fantastic bargain, and they're going to be happy. Uh, hopefully it's more of a rebuilding team, and he can have a year or two to go off the wall and learn how to figure his own stuff out and average 20-plus a game and eventually get his way back to the playoffs. But – uh, I don't know if you think he's not worth anything anymore or if you're more like me and thinking, wow, if the Portland Trailblazers could just trade C.J. McCollum for him, that's a pretty good flip. Uh, as Magic fans, hypothetically, would you trade, say you get the fourth pick in this year's draft and the eighth pick from Chicago, would you trade the eighth pick and – a couple of your players for Ben Simmons? 
I would not do that. I think Ben Simmons could be a special player, but he needs the right situation. He needs to be surrounded by shooters. He needs a lot. He, he can't be with a paired with another interior player. Like the combination of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons was just a disaster waiting to happen. It was a nightmare. So this yeah. that was his worst case scenario outside of maybe Giannis. Like that's those are Ben Simmons. I mean, I'm a, Joel Embiid and Giannis are probably the two worst guys to pair with Ben Simmons, and he just got shit out of luck. But Orlando. We don't have a ton of shooters. Like we have Fultz on a long-term contract. He can't shoot. We just signed Isaac, which he's a decent perimeter shooter. We don't have it just doesn't fit with Orlando. So I would say no on that. Mike, what do you think? Well, I'm glad that we uh we have a 76ers insider on staff. Cause who's their GM again, Emmanuel? <laughs> Daryl Morey. <laughs> so uh no, in all honest it just doesn't make any sense we barely can shoot now so we need players that can put the ball in the bucket and can shoot and orlando needs it more than ever so um obviously the gms over at orlando are gonna love his size as a point guard but i don't see them taking the risk there i will say this whole ben simmons playoff thing really has shown me something that i didn't realize before didn't or i discredited a little bit is there such a significance between playing NBA in the regular season versus the postseason? It's a completely different game. You know, when you play team five or well, all seven game series now, you can really game plan particular people out. So it's not so much about what you do well in the uh, postseason. It's what you what you do the worst. And unfortunately for Ben Simmons, he has some huge flaws and they just picked on him and picked on him and picked on him. I think he can make a team better if they get him, but the problem is you run the chance of having the same outcome. You might be a great regular season team, but once you get to the postseason, they'll just game plan against you and make your life a living hell to have Ben Simmons. I think you touched on it perfectly. The regular season is all about strengths and your ability to use those consistently. And the postseason, just like you said, is all about weaknesses and your opponent's ability to capitalize on those. And not just Ben Simmons, we're seeing how off of just fantastic regular season players and teams like Rudy Gobert are second thoughts and are bullet points and whether or not they should be benched late in the game when they're multiple time defensive player of the year candidates back to back type of situation. These guys don't have the same value because they can be attacked and prodded away from the things that make them valuable in the regular season in the scope and magnifying glass of uh, arduous and like scheduled. You're doing a lot of planning. You're doing a lot of scouting. There's a lot of film. You're doing a lot of talking with your team on how to best attack and how to best embarrass the other team. And I think it's fair to say that Rudy Gobert was embarrassed. And I mean, maybe Ben Simmons did some of the embarrassing himself, but I, I think that Atlanta did a good job hacking him because clearly that wasn't working. Um, but I, to go back to it, I, I got to think that uh, I listened to a, an unreasonable amount of podcasts. And over the past couple of days, obviously it's a hot button topic. Lots of teams or lots of people are saying there's not going to be that many teams interested in Ben Simmons. And I just don't understand why half the league wouldn't want to trade for this guy. I don't, I don't care that he, right now he doesn't shoot you you trade him and you say you got to start and and even if he doesn't he's still one of the three or four best defensive players in the league he's a terror in transition 
And if he's put around more shooters and not people that clog the lane like Embiid, then he clogs the lane deservingly slow because he's a fantastic post presence. But I just think that there's better situations and better fits everywhere else. Uh, I, I don't think that he's this negative asset that he's being viewed as that has plummeted in value. Uh, I would be elated. People are saying, can the Timberwolves trade D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley for him? And they might do that. And that's crazy to me because I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is a top 80 player in the league. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens and what more he does because he's got to do something. Yeah, so for me, the problem with Ben Simmons is that he pretty much offensively is the same player he was when he came in the league. He has shown zero improvement. And there are serious questions about, does he have the commitment to be a better basketball player? So we don't know if he's going to improve his shooting. And then secondarily to that, he seems like he's a head case now. Like, it's completely in his head. He won't shoot a three. He's petrified. He's not petrified of missing. He's petrified of being embarrassed. And that's the worst thing. When you're afraid to fail, you're going to fail every time. I just want to bring up a point, you know, because there was a guy very similar to this that was having a breakout season before he got hurt named Markel Fultz. Is it a possibility of getting him out of the Philadelphia market area? Because they're brutal, right? I know we're talking about psychological impact, right? Maybe it's best that you move him somewhere where like a Minnesota, there's no pressure there for anything unless Alex Rodriguez is calling you now. I don't know. No, I think that's a great point because Fultz was very much the thought of as like a mental case before he got to Orlando. And obviously Orlando is a franchise no one cares about. So like there's no pressure. All um, 20 fans <laughs> that attend right. the games. But it goes back to the question of his work ethic. Does he want to be a great basketball player? Or does he love being the guy that goes to the gym and takes photos and throws them on Instagram to look cool? Like that's that's the big question. Does he actually want to be great? I think it's tough because, yes, he hasn't improved as much coming into the league as other players like a, a Jalen Brown or Brandon Ingram who were picked the second and third picks after him in his draft class. But, I mean, he has improved. He moves more off-ball offensively. Uh, his I think his vision has improved. I think he's stronger. Uh, I think that his ball handling has improved. It's, it's just the shooting. It's just the shooting. It's just that he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He, he, he's been pampered as a basketball prodigy so from a young age, and he's been so dominant for so long, there's been no need for him to develop anything other than the things that he has that he's good at. And when he gets asked about it and interviewed about it, he, he agrees that it's a weakness, but he also says things like, I was an all-star last year, or I'm an all-NBA caliber player, or I'm the best defender in the league. And while those things can be headstrong statements, I think there's a lot of credit to those. And if you, if you had to guess like what his statistical output was this postseason, I mean, yeah, he only shot like eight field goals a game, which I don't know where that ranks in the playoffs. It's got to be very low. It's probably like in the bottom, not in the top 50. He's 59th, 59th in the playoffs in field goal attempts per game. But he's averaging eight rebounds. He's averaging nine assists. He averages over a steal, over a block. He only averages two turnovers a game. Uh, other than those four minutes where the lights are brightest and Atlanta's hacking him and putting him on the line, 
I think he provided a lot of value in this postseason. So it's just because those four minutes are so loud and the thing that he doesn't do is so important. And the scenario that he's in in Philadelphia, it's it's such a cattle prod for negativity that it, it makes him real. I, I, I can understand how it could be really difficult on his mental as someone who uh, is clearly struggling with being able to assert himself. And I think there's no way that he doesn't move to the next spot, whether it's Portland or Denver or a team that's competing less like a Minnesota, like I said earlier, or I don't know, Orlando or a Washington, any team that has a big contract, maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe they flip Kemba in three first-round picks for him. I don't know. There's, I see there's no way that he doesn't go to the next spot and and dominate and return to a player that looks like one of the 25 best players in the league is a freakazoid defensive player of the year candidate and can average 19, 22 points a game purely on aggressiveness, transition basketball, and attacking the rim. It's just you got to get in the gym. I hope he switches hands. I think that would be awesome. Like if he came into next year, he's putting on the Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. He's playing with Anthony Edwards and Carl Towns. In the first game, he pulls up, and all of a sudden he's shooting righty. Wow, that that would be exciting. I'm in for that. Seamus, I have two questions for you. Do you want to trade him to the East? And another trade candidate could be Golden State with Andrew Wiggins and Oubre. What do you think about those two situations? Um, Wiggins had an awesome year. I mean, he was fantastic on the perimeter defensively, and he can give you 20 in his sleep. Uh, he has efficiency problems. And if I think if the Warriors can leverage a great season from Wiggins in a terrible current situation with Ben Simmons and get that type of swap, I think they do it in no time. I think the problem for them is probably going to be pairing him on the court at the same time as Draymond, even with the spacing of the Splash Brothers. That could get a little clunky because the offensive roles of those two players would overlap. If they wanted to get Ben Simmons, I would try and put Draymond in the deal, but I doubt that the Warriors would do that. I don't really care where he goes. I think all that – what do you guys think about that thought process where like teams – well, they're not going to trade them in the division. Like they're not going to, I've always thought that was kind of silly. I mean, if, if you're going to be able to improve your team by doing a transaction, you shouldn't care about where the player is going unless it's like a bad blood uh, thing where it's an explanation rather not rather than not like an actual reason why it doesn't work. Like with the Harden trade, I think there's a the reason that Ben Simmons isn't on Houston and Harden isn't on Philadelphia is purely because Fertitta said, I'm not trading Daryl Morey, James Harden. So that's a situation where that makes sense. But that's not that's not the reason. That's not the reasoning why the trade didn't happen. It's just this guy's a, a weird, petty loser. Yeah. Being an Orlando fan, we see a lot of our franchise players getting shipped out west. So <laughs> over and over again. Dwight Howard, Shaquille O'Neal, Tracy McGrady, all west. Wow. Some good so, I actually wanted to ask you, Emmanuel. Did you want to get in, buddy? Well, yeah. I just, I just wanted to kind of get right before we get started. Again, this is my very first NBA draft that I've oh, actually man. paid attention and watched. So I'm a newbie. I'm literally just watching because the Raptors, I think, have a great shot this year. 
for picking uh, really good this year. And I think Nick, and I said it last time too, Nick Nurse, he knows what he was doing. He's basically built, th this was the the year for him to build and get ready. And, and I think that it's going to be a, a, a great new year for him. Any comments on kind of where the teams are, the best teams for the pick for this draft? Okay, so the best odds are Houston, Detroit, Orlando. But yeah. no offense to those teams, which you're included in. I would much rather see Cade land with a team that has a little bit more established talent. I think uh, uh, Toronto would be a fantastic fit for him. I think that I, – do you think they're bringing back Lowry at a decreased price? What's what's the hullabaloo on that? No. Well, again, everybody here knows that Lowry is – you know, he's a, he's a Toronto boy, you know, he's supported, he did everything for the team. Like, again, I, I think that he, it, it's going to lean towards doing what's right for Toronto and doing for the team. I like yeah. what else can do. I, I think he would be a great fit in Toronto. I would love to see him in Oklahoma city because yeah. I think they have the assets necessary to surround him with an awesome team moving forward. Uh, surprisingly the, the team name doesn't have a lot of allure, but I think he would be a good fit with what pieces Cleveland has with the, that shooting backcourt, Larry yeah. Nance, Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro. I think that's a great young core. If he added into that, he would be some nice nitro fuel for that young core to take another step. Uh, and then other than that, it's like, is Minnesota going to jump up? Uh, I guess I would like that a little bit more than like Detroit, which kind of has like nothing going other than Sadiq Bay. But <laughs> But I don't know. I'm, I'm rooting for Orlando because you guys like Orlando, and I would I, I think that franchises Wait. like Orlando deserve it. Um, but I, I, think, I am not on board with Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> you're on board with Toronto. I, I said I'm rooting for Toronto over Orlando, but I'm rooting for both of those. I, I think the regardless, I don't I don't think it really matters in terms of Cade specifically from hers from his perspective. I think there's no way. He doesn't come in. There's no team he lands on where he's not one of the, at minimum, 40 best players in the NBA the first game he steps on the floor. Um, he's out of control, and I think that every team is going to fit and mold around him once he arrives on the scene, and he's going to really, really be able to heighten the abilities of the other players that are on the existing rosters for whatever team is lucky enough to get one. Hey, there you go, Emmanuel. I'm watching this TV right now. 7.5% chance of winning the lottery. Tor Toronto Raptors. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Seamus, <laughs> I had another question for you. What franchise like would be like, crap, I don't want that number because the talent's diluted after that? Like, What number do you not want in this draft? So it's weird. The discussion for a while, it was five, and I've been on board with the five. But recently, it seems like people have really turned more into a, a four, a tier of four at the top. But regardless, there's some really nice players after those five guys, Cade, Jalen Green, Kaminga, the two Ignite guys, Jalen Suggs, the Gonzaga guy. And then now it seems pretty consensus that Evan Mobley from USC is the number two overall prospect. I, I disagree slightly, not saying that he's not fantastic. I think after Cade, those four are all in one tier for me, so shuffle them around however you want. But then after that, I, there's probably a handful of guys I like more 
then maybe another block of four. I like Scotty Barnes. I like James Booknight. I like Keon Johnson. Uh, and then I like Moses Moody. There's a lot of rumors that people love Davion Mitchell, the tournament darling from Baylor who won them the tournament. Uh, so maybe the clear line is after five. So if you end up with a six pick, that's a bummer. And then the other line is like, oh, if you don't, if for some crazy reason you are projected to be in the top six or seven, but you end up with a 10th pick, I don't think that's likely to happen, but that would be a bummer too. So, Mikey, I don't know if you ever got a chance to watch this Cade Cunningham guy, but man, he is the exact thing Orlando needs. Like, we have a fantastic defense perimeter wise, I would say, at this point. We have no offense. Cade Cunningham is the recipe to fix us. He is a six foot seven point guard who can generate his own shot, like a super creative on ball guy with the ball in his hands. We need him so bad. Hopefully, uh, someone, if they do pick ahead of us, will let us trade for him. <laughs> yeah, What's I doubt the that. chances? <laughs> it's not happening. If not you get like that guy, you're holding him. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're actually watching the draft lottery now. It has not started yet. So basically, guys, if you see something on the screen that's exciting right now, just chime in and we can just pivot off of that. But I actually wanted to ask, would you ask it? Yeah, Emmanuel? No, I had a, because... Um, <clears throat> You commented earlier about uh, Scotty Barnes, right? So I know there was a lot of talk about Nick Nurse wanting him in a big way. And and again, like, you know, Nick Nurse and, you know, bringing up a team of, um, you know, real players that he can mold and, and, and really get into the kind of the team atmosphere that the Raptors is all about. What do you think about that? Because you did comment on that. You think that they're a diamond in the rough. And that was in the news recently in Toronto. I think that... That doesn't surprise me at all. I saw a couple of headlines about that. I didn't read into anything, but Scotty Barnes is a nice mold of clay yeah. that fits the prototype of players that have been common in Toronto's scouting profile over the last several handful of years. Um, he's Is he the best defender in the draft? He's one of the three best defenders in the draft. Uh, comparisons range from Draymond to Thaddeus Young to Scotty Pippen. He's a ball handling four that could slot in in small ball lineups as a five down the line and whose offensive game uh, leaves a little bit to be desired, but is a little unpolished in a degree that you you could see some stuff develop. His shot is uh, similar to Draymond and Thaddeus Young and Dennis Rodman and other things that I see similarities in his game isn't going to be there, but he has a lot of creativity and fluidity to his game offensively that some of those other guys don't have. Uh, One of my other comparisons for him was like uh, Anton Jameson. So I think he would be a really interesting fit along other athletic defensive wings like OG. I think he would fit great with Boucher in the front court and, he makes he makes sense on that team, uh, the team that as long as there's ample shooting around him, he can take spot minutes. He played a lot of point guard at Florida State this year, but in high school he went to Mount Verde. He played with Cade. Um, if you go back in any team that Cade played on, you can find players that have developed dramatically after the season they play with Cade. And if you just watch Scotty the year after he plays with with him in Montverde, his IQ, his decision-making, his creativity all took ginormous leaps. And I think offensively, 
he could be a really, really interesting Swiss Army knife. So I like Scotty Barnes. I, a lot of people have him above Kaminga. Uh, I think that's a little crazy because of how raw and how young and how uh, freakishly upsiding Kaminga could be. But uh, Scotty Barnes is really cool, and I'm I'm down for whatever team getting him being really happy. And everything you just said, you know, one of the things that came out when I was listening um, in, and again, I was listening to some of the podcasts to prepare for this, and they were talking about his flexibility. And that's what Nick Nurse loved about the fact that they could play them in, in things. Okay, Trudeau, what? You have a comment about the Raptors? No, I don't. I have a comment about you probably lying to us again, yet again. <laughs> what podcast did you listen to? He's an angry <laughs> What was that? I missed it. He's an angry elf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zero podcast. Seamus, here's the thing about Emmanuel. You can't trust the word he says. He told I'm me he watched this show. He Googled everything that happened no. in the show instead of watching it himself and then lied to my face. That's perfectly fine. You Can sit you on the Billis, <laughs> Comment on what's on the screen. Jay Billis has Davion Mitchell at five. That's gross. He's not that good. <laughs> so hear that, Jay Billis? Seamus is coming for your job. So we are about, I don't know, five, six minutes from the actual lottery starting. So we'll jump into that once that starts. But I actually was curious, Seamus, about some of the uh, Celtics stuff because I know you're a big Celtics fan. First of all, the Kemba Walker trade, I'm pretty sure you're happy about that. I feel bad for the guy because like Boston has a tough time of getting free agents normally. And a guy decided, you know, a guy who was a max contract guy decided he wanted to play for Boston. It didn't you know? end up what what... You disagree with what? You're making a face. I was just curious. Oh, never mind. They were at the podium. I got concerned. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. Um, you know, it didn't work out. Not to any fault of his own. His body just failed him miserably. His knees just gave out. And pretty much Celtics fans ran him out of town. Everyone wanted him gone. They shipped him out to the worst place in the NBA by far after Orlando, which is Oklahoma City. And now he's just stuck there probably in purgatory for a few years until he gets flipped for another couple of picks. So I feel bad for the guy, but I know it was the right move for the franchise, right? I uh, I think I'm, I've slowly turned up when it first happened. I was like, okay, like B minus C plus. I understood that we were probably going to need to attach a pick to get off of Kemba. Uh, even though the Al Horford contract is substantially better than the Kemba contract. It's still overall a negative contract. Uh, and I wasn't expecting to have to give up a pick as high as 16 uh, to, for that type of a swap. But the more I think about it, uh, the Celtics don't need more young flyers on the roster no. that you would be grabbing at straws at 16. We saw the mixed bag that they have. Naismith actually looks great. Romeo, who knows? Those are players that were picked a little bit ahead of that range. But I think that it it's a good trade, and I'm, now I'm probably settling around like a B-plus just because it needed to be done. Kemba, with his deficiencies defensively and because of the question marks that he has health-wise, he was never going to be a good fit or a confident fit with this roster. And we know that Al Horford – and what he offers on both ends of the floor and as a leader in the locker room, as a guy who the entire roster knows and respects already, he's going to offer a lot more and, and he's going to be able to give more to the team than Kemba will at a much cheaper price. Uh, Moses Brown is a complete flyer and, and the picks are, are, are whatever. So I, I think it was a, a move that needed to be done. And I don't think it's Brad Stevens last move this postseason. I'm sure he's going to be, 
or this offseason. I'm sure he's going to be moving stuff around more, and that's probably why he got a jump on it so early. But overall, I'm in. I'm happy about status of the team. I think we're sitting prettier than we were last month. Yeah, I think this is a far cry from the Danny Ainge era where era, I misspoke, not error, era, the Danny Ainge era where his his MO was just hoarding assets. He's kind of like the Oklahoma City. Who's the um, guy who was the GM for Oklahoma City? Presti. Presti. He's like the Presti of the East. Like he refuses to give up assets. He wants to hose everyone in a trade. And Danny's just like, or I'm sorry, um, Brad's right. just like, uh, you know, if I got to give you a couple picks to make this happen, I'll make it happen. I'll be a nice guy. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll work together. We'll play fun in the sandbox. You know, we're not going to fight over little picks. So I think it's a good move for the Celtics. Um, me and Mikey were talking last time about the Orlando Magic. I know you probably don't care about the Magic, but we have a coaching vacancy and we were talking about who we would like individually. I, I mentioned Becky Hammond. I thought that would be a good place for her because there's no, um, no pressure at all. No one expects Orlando to win. Uh, Mike was talking about maybe like a college coach, like Penny Hardaway would be fun to bring back a a coaching vet or a, you know not a coaching vet but NBA vet that played for the franchise. Right. Do you think there's any coach that would actually help this franchise in Orlando get out of the gutter? Um, I don't think it's possible though, right? I, I think out of the the gutter, maybe not, but change direction in uh, exciting and appropriate way, maybe. Um, I think that you'd want to lean with an offensive coach. I don't think you're going to be able to land a fish like Mike D'Antoni with the roster that you have there. But I don't, I don't know what Terry Stotts' feelings yeah. are in terms of what his goals are. But he could be a nice fit as guy nope. who has a proven resume as an offensive <laughs> coach. Uh, nope. I think it's more likely that he goes to like Indiana. Uh, but other, otherwise, I would be looking for a flyer, young assistant coach that has a good resume. And a history of being on teams that have good offenses. That, that's that's what I'll be looking for. Uh, I don't have a ton of names off my off the top of my brain, but uh, any flyers in terms of Becky Hammond. That's a that's a she has a fantastic resume. She has probably one of the best resumes of any potential candidate that isn't a head coach already. Uh, I like certain college coaches. I, I probably wouldn't lean that way. The the history of that upgrade is spotty to say the least more often than not it's it's ends up being kind of a kerplunk and not a brad stevens so i would probably scout around see what assistant coaches are looking for an upgrade that have some type of an established resume that they can get there yes you mentioned a bunch of coaches already but you don't have to go into depth into depth like what who's available but just a name i just want a name for you for the celtics because that's your squad who do you think would be the ideal fit for your team? I think it's hopefully going to be a former player. It's going to be someone that's going to be less X's and O's oriented than Brad Stevens was. And I think it's probably going to be a black coach. And I I think that my top three is M.A. Udoka, who's the assistant coach with the Nets right now and serve as an assistant on Pop's bench in San Antonio for maybe, I think it was eight years before that. He played in the league for a good portion of time. He was an assistant coach on the USA FIBA team with both, or with all three of Jalen Smart and Tatum, and all three of those guys have nothing but good things to say about him. I really like him. He's a motivator, an intimidator, and a guy who has a good resume. 
I like Chauncey Billups. Uh, I think his cachet is uh, speaks for itself. Um, there was a recent interview done with him where he talked about being able to motivate both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard this past offseason in workouts and just overall discussions to become more of a playmaker. That would be nice with our two you two young wing superstars. And I think my third, I, I like the Carol Lawson, Becky Hammond group, but I also like the Darvin Ham, another assistant coach, former player with Milwaukee right now. Um, I, 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 I think that more often than, than, not the candidates that are being discussed are other than Jason Kidd, um, I think are all solid candidates. And I, I think I'm going to probably be happy and talk myself into any of them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I mean, I, I would love to see Carol uh, Lawson has history with the Celtics. Uh, she carries a lot of respects, rather respect with the entire roster, with that front office, new and old. And I think that she really knows what she's talking about and knows what she's doing. She's currently the women's head coach at Duke. But I, I think that there's a lot of good options and there's a lot of question marks. And with assistants, you, you really never know uh, until they get in the room and, and they actually start spewing out and stuff like that. So uh, I'm optimistic that whoever it is that ends up landing in Boston is, is going to be the right recipe. And, and I think that they've been approaching it the right way. Yeah, so the lottery looks like it's about to start. We we saw yeah. all the representatives. I saw my boy Anthony Edwards with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Van Vliet uh, <laughs> represent Toronto there, I mean. So I don't know. Uh, let's go. Number 14 is getting picked. Nothing crazy at the top, right? It's going to be all just chalk yeah, for a while. Yeah. What's the – do you guys know what, like, the craziest uh, jump in the draft ever was? Was it Orlando? I, I mean, we said it earlier. I think it was the New Orleans Zion year. I think they were eighth. In Didn't odds, Orlando have like a one percent chance at one point, like in I, the past, and jumped up and got like Penny or something? Wow, Nancy Leonard, yeah. like archaic, huh? <laughs> Why did you just take out Nancy Leonard? <laughs> he doesn't like Nancy. All right, so uh, we're all chalk. Chalk. Peter Holt. That's a fake smile, man. That's a. Yeah. He, he's he's, he's still learning happy. how to smile. He, he's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nothing, nothing uh, off so far. No, he's not happy yeah. either. Yeah. He just uh, doesn't care. It might be hard for those listening podcasts. We're watching the NBA draft lottery. It's going now. We're up to pick 10. Still nothing exciting. Ah, yes. Wow. Bye, Pelicans. No, so no, we're no, we're no. pissed. We don't, we don't, we don't want to see Orlando get pulled or Toronto, right? We want both yeah, of those teams in the top four. Okay. Sacramento. Oh, Let's get better. Okay, so, so if Chicago gets pulled right now, you get this pick. Their odds are that it's Chicago right now. Please, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Oh no! no! Oh. I th- I don't know whether they changed it or not. No, no, no. That's okay. So that's not our actual first overall pick, yeah, right? So we just yeah. okay. I freaked out. Look how mad the Cubs it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's. No, they, they already He's they already changed the logo. You're good. That that's was cool. Orlando <laughs> just took the eighth pick. You got like two that. picks. You got two picks. So wait. Okay. That, we got so Toronto, Toronto's in the top four. Toronto's nice. in the top four. Emmy, oh, my go. goodness. Let's go. Oh, yeah. man. Red. Oh. If you guys get number one, I'd be so pissed. That would be Red. incredible. Come on. We want Orlando and Toronto both in the top four. I mean, no Toronto Orlando. No Orlando. Okay. 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 Is this the pick from – is this the pick from <laughs> – All right. 
Seamus, no, walk wow. us through this. Walk us through the Seamus. So, so OKC, that's their own pick. They were hoping they were going to jump up. That's not the pick that they got from Houston. That's their own pick. So right now, if this isn't OKC, that means OKC only got one Please pick. Please not Orlando. Please no. not Orlando. We don't want five. Damn wow. it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So that was like uh, your your my heart is fine. broke. That's, that's kind of a bummer for you guys, but five <laughs> is still fine. You get the you get the last player left in a tier of four. Uh, what just happened though is that was the worst case, or not worst case, that was two picks away from the worst case scenario for the this Oklahoma. Is what City happens Thunder. when we watch it with a manual? <laughs> I'm so, I'm so mad right now, dude. The like, Thunder. The Thunder could have walked away from this draft with the first and the fifth pick, and now they're only walking away with the sixth pick. So they're sitting much uglier than you guys are right now. I think that you should be happy with if you if you weren't going to get one. I think there's nothing wrong with five. No, the there's a hundred percent things wrong with five. We had a no. fifty. We had a fifty-three percent chance of getting top four. No, we got bone. I'm telling you that the difference between no. two and five is negligible. It, I'm telling you, you that we're so bad at basketball, we're even <laughs> bad at losing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm done. I'm a, I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan now. I'll be back. I'll so be we back. got continue we got, the podcast. He's we bad. got Cleveland, <laughs> you know, Detroit. It's okay. Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, and Toronto are going to be vying for Cade. You want me to say what Trudeau's feeling right now? No! God! No! God, please, no! 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 Oh, man. Am I wrong? (laughs) Hey, hey, listen. Trudeau's got to remember, we got Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon last time this happened. You changed it. Minnesota fan. Minnesota fan. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you, hey, Trudeau, you can always be a, a Raptors fan. It's okay. It's Emmanuel, okay. shut up. Trudeau, <laughs> Trudeau, your wife is like making fun of us. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be Oklahoma City fans. No, I would love to be Oklahoma City fan because they have picks for days. They own the next five drafts. They this just are one shot. On potentially getting Cade and another one of these four guys, and now they're going to have just Scotty Barnes. That's that's a huge difference. Their draft, that draft lottery, just boned them. That was terrible for them. Every other team is fine. You guys are fine. This is rigged. You're fine. Okay. Are we taking? I'm trying Matt? to tell you, Trudeau. <laughs> are we this taking? Matt, who's getting a number one? Because I mean, if, if it's Toronto. I can't. But, I mean, Toronto. I mean, Toronto won out ready. already. You're, Toronto's oh. getting one of these players in this draft. That the more I look at it, including Scotty Barnes, every single one of these players last year, I would have taken over Anthony Edwards, number one overall. So if you just think about it, doesn't matter if you get the fourth pick. You just got a talent commensurate with a number one overall pick in an NBA draft. So you just won out. It doesn't matter what happens with Kyle Lowry or the rest of your roster. You have Van Fleet. OG and whoever this player is, it could be Suggs, it could be Mobley, it could be Jalen Green or Kaminga. I think all of them fit. And if you're lucky enough, you'll end up one. But uh, you got to be elated as a Toronto fan. Just think of this way, Trudeau. The Pistons also have a top four pick, so they're probably going to pick that guy that Seamus said sucked. (laughs) 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 So don't worry, buddy. (laughs) I don't even know what to say, man. I'm well, so sad. I know you're upset because now you have to return your cage uniform that you bought. <laughs> 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 
Uh, Would you have been bummed if you got the second pick? Would you have been bummed if it was number two and number No, because you just spent 15 minutes before the start of this draft lottery telling us that you want the top four. And of course, we get number five. No, I was saying that (laughs) you want top five. Consensus is top four. I'm telling who's, you that there's five. Who's good that players. guy that Jay Billis had at five, and you were like, Jay Billis, you're an idiot? Davion Mitchell. That's who we're going to draft. And he's going to stink. <laughs> he can shoot. He can shoot. Or at least he did his last year. I don't know. Before that, he didn't really shoot, but he did his he did his uh, junior year. He's old. He's like 23 years old. I, I bet wanna... you if the Pistons get number one, we could probably trade our eighth and fifth. <laughs> They're pretty <laughs> dumb. Don't worry, buddy. I want to start the process in Orlando. <laughs> I, I want to take bad. hard and just be awful for five years. I will. I would take what Philly has. Wait, weren't we already doing that? <laughs> not successful. I'm, uh, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Toronto or Cleveland. Toronto or no. Cleveland. No, 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 no. We don't want to see anything good in Cleveland. Like I, Cleveland, I'm, I'm get out pro. of here. I am pro Cade in Cleveland. It's a good fit. So who do we have left at the top four? We have Toronto, Houston, um, Detroit. Cleveland, Toronto. Hmm. I think Houston would be a good pick for a place for Cade. They're they're so abrupt of talent. They got Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter, and Christian Wood, and all three of those guys have serious problems. I I don't and they don't have I don't know. They have an interim coach that was uh I I he looked like he was wearing so thin by game. 15 last year not by the end of the season by game like 10 he was like clawing his eyes out on the fact that they had no health the hardened situation was bamboozling them i i i wouldn't be excited for houston but Cade Cade would make me watch houston if by the if way Cade went to, if Cade went to houston i would be watching a lot of houston basketball by the way i missed the old draft format the old nba uh draft lottery format where all the picks were randomized I don't like that it's all locked in. Like, if you don't get a top four, it's just locked in the place wherever your record is. I like the chaos of like teams moving everywhere, so you had no idea. I mean, or am I just making that up? Was that was that not like that before? Uh, I don't remember it being like that. So I'm just making it up. The pick is in. Oh, it's Toronto. All right. Well, it's better than what we did. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Detroit. Yeah, I hear Detroit. You're gonna get a really good player. There you go. Boom. Oh, I think it's God. I think it's Houston. I think Houston would be a great market for a guy like Cade Cunningham. It's like you just lost James Harden. You're gonna get like another big point guard. Oh no, never wow, mind. Detroit oh. Sorry, kid. Guess what? Oh. You're gonna go to Detroit. Have fun there. Have does fun. He, does does he call it out? Does does he have Cade inside his suit jacket? Ben Wallace, show us Cade. Wow, Ben Wallace looks old. He does yeah. look old. He, looks, he still looks like good. Though. He looks like a Kim Olajuwon. <laughs> Can you look old and good at the same time? Okay. I'm I'm in the podcast. You can see me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you look good, Emmanuel. Don't worry about it. For 73, Emmanuel, you look great. I know. It was good. Okay. So our order is Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto. Yep. Orlando. Can we just have that pick, Emmanuel, please? <laughs> I'm with Seamus. It could have been worse. We could have lost our eight yeah, pick. Way worse. Yeah, you could have. The well, Bulls could have jumped into the top four, and you could have ended up with the sixth pick. That would have been way worse. 
So, but if the Bulls jumped up, I don't think we lost the pick entirely. It just got deferred to next year. Yeah, you don't want that. You want to pick in this draft. All right. Um, so Detroit is going to pick Cade. I I mean, he's going to be great. He's going to be great there. I think with that young core, with Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart, Jeremy Grant had a breakout year this year. I think that's a good roster. If they make some interesting signings in free agency and make some moves around the fringes, I think they got a good amount of cap space still. They could be a playoff team as early as Cade's second year because that's how good he is. Uh, Houston, who is Houston going to take? They need a lead creator. They have Kevin Porter Jr. They have some wings. What if Houston trades that pick to Philly? For Ben for Simmons. Ben Simmons. <laughs> they they make up for the regret of not doing it with the Harden deal. <laughs> Why not? That pick's uh, not going to change their franchise. Well, I don't I don't think that Philly wants any picks. It would get rerouted to somewhere else. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Christian Wood and Mobley, does that make sense? Make I guess. They're they're gonna pick Mobley or Suggs. One Ford F one. Cleveland. So who's, who's trying to sell us a Ford F one fifty in the middle of the podcast? <laughs> That's, our That's our new sponsor. <laughs> I think um, that I think that Houston is probably either gonna go with the grain and take Mobley. I don't think that it's gonna be redundant with Evan Mobley. He's so versatile. And he's he's capable of playing both the four and the five, which I think Christian Wood is as well. Uh, Mobley is such a high IQ defender and a proficient rim protector that he can cover for a lot of the inefficiencies Wood has on that end of the floor. And then offensively, he's really, really good at the nail, moving the ball, seeing the floor. He can be an offensive hub at the top of the key. And I think he could motivate some good offense with it's, – it's literally just Kevin Porter Jr. Um, but, yeah – and then with Cleveland, I mean, Kaminga isn't mocked high enough, but Kaminga is the right fit for this roster. They have shooting in their front and their backcourt with Garland and Sexton and all the creation that they need there already. They have their centerpiece in the front court with Jared Allen for the future. And then they have some interesting flyer guys like Larry Nance and Isaac Coro from last draft. I would try and bolster the defense. Maybe they take a swing for the fences and get a third guard with Suggs. I think it's more likely – it's tough to say. I would pick Kaminga if I was them, but Kaminga's reputation in draft circles hasn't been that of being there, so I'm not sure. But All right, so I want to be a good point guard and try to get some of the people involved. Emmanuel, what's on your mind, buddy? I know you're not big into basketball. Is there anything that's that's been on your mind through <laughs> no, this uh, recording? Not, I'm not big on the basketball. I enjoy watching. I'm just – I cannot believe how good you guys are at, at like understanding the game the way you do with the players. So for me, I was just enjoying my ice cubes, my round ice cube that Seamus was asking me about. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed yeah. about the ice cubes. But, but here, look. Look how long they've lasted, okay? This is my second cider. So round ice cubes, the key with it is that it keeps everything cold, but it doesn't, it doesn't break up. And it's, it's, it's brilliant. And it doesn't water it down. So it's, it's brilliant. What do you mean it doesn't water it down? It's an ice cube. It's nothing. Of course it waters it down. That's an excellent point, Seamus. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. Because it doesn't melt as fast, so it doesn't get as watery as fast. So I'm just telling you, round ice. Why, why does an orb melt slower than a cube? Edges. 
edges. Edges w- melt faster. I'm telling you yeah, now. Just as much surface area. What do you? <laughs> you might know basketball. You do not know ice cubes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Emmanuel is an expert in ice cubes. I will say You're that. Expert. I, I told Emmanuel though I'm out on the uh, round ice cubes. I like to chew them. Can't chew a round ice cube. You can't. No, but it does keep it cold. You should try it once. Just try a cold beverage <laughs> with round ice cubes. Okay, I'm telling you. Okay, so Emmanuel, if I gave you the choice between a player who's, uh, they're both going to be backcourt players, they're both going to be guards, yeah. one that could be a 25-point-per-game scorer who's going to be an okay defender, or a guy that's like an awesome leader, bulldog defender, and has a high IQ and is a great leader, which one do you want? I would take the leader, for sure. So you want Jalen Suggs. You're hoping yeah, Jalen yeah. Suggs falls to like four. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing. I still look at a team. I still look at a team as being able to have a good leader. And if you have a solid leader, one that can really, you know, bring the team together, I think it it makes all the difference for the long season. I think that that's the key. So in my, I agree in my mock mock draft right now that I just made in the last two minutes, I got Cade going one, I got Mobley going two. I don't think it'll happen, but I, I think the best fit and the player that makes the most sense is Kaminga to Cleveland at three. Emmanuel wants Suggs. That means Orlando gets Jalen Green, who I would tell Orlando to pick at two if they were picking at two. So if if, if that type of a breakdown happens, you're going to be elated. That's that's the exact player. If you're not getting Cade that you're going to want, you just think that they're not going to do it. They're going to blow it. I don't care. I just wanted to have the ping pong ball. <laughs> I wonder if Toronto would entertain a trade if they want Barnes. Yeah, I, I think they would. Like the thing is, like Nick Nurse is not stupid and he builds teams. He's not about the star player. He builds teams. If you watch the games that he plays, he puts key players, uh, he puts players out that need the practice, that need to be out there to be in the in in the pressure situations. And he does that during the game without any issue. He doesn't put a star player out there all the time, right? So for him, I think he would build out the team, and I think he would do a trade if it was to build out the team better. I feel like you're giving way too much credit to Nick Nurse and not the organization. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Masai Najeri, is that correct? Did I say that right? Uh, I think you're close. Close enough. Close enough. Really you get close. the idea. Yeah. I actually want to ask you guys about another basketball, sort of non-basketball thing. Are you guys yeah. going to watch that new Space Jam movie? Oh, yeah. We'll yeah you got to watch it. You I'm kind of out on it, guys. Yeah. I have Why? a theory. I have a theory about the Space Jam movie. Michael okay. Jordan's going to come back and play him. <laughs> I think Jordan is going to be in the movie for sure. Oh, why? Oh. So LeBron is in his uh, press release that he's changing back from 23 to six. He said, "I'm changing from back to 23 for six after the Space Jam movie." What's going to happen in the Space Jam movie? That's going to make them change from 23 to six. I think that Jordan's going to come in. He's going to be the Bill Murray character on the team. He's going to come in, hit a clutch shot, maybe dunk it or something like a cartoon. LeBron will change to number six. And then starting next year, he's number six with the Lakers. Jordan's going to be in Space Jam too. So pretty much it's the same scenario. What happened with Miami Heat? (laughs) What he can't beat also, the other team, so he has to get him another shot. <laughs> I can just I can just see uh, Skip Bayless yelling after watching the movie, like this LeBron always forming super teams can't do it on his own. He's a fraud, not the goat. Ah. 
I mean, he's the rest gonna bring of the Bill Murray. Is, That's gonna be the botched character. The rest of the roster is a, a cartoon rabbit, a cartoon skunk, and a cartoon pig. I'd, I'd give him some some leniency. <laughs> but but there is so there is the news is that he is going to be in the in the movie right, but not the way we expect it to be. So I don't know what that means, but it's not going to be the way. So maybe he's, he's going to be something other, one of the characters. I don't know. So maybe he bought the monster team, oh, Michael Jordan, and ruined it. <laughs> I, I can see this would be the best movie, right? If Michael Jordan was directing the movie, basically it would be LeBron with the Toon Squad, and then Michael Jordan would just join the Monstars out of spite and beat Michael Jordan and steal his child. <laughs> that would be chaos. I'm going to make a Disney movie, the same one, just with Disney characters, and LeVar Ball is going to be my LeBron James. <laughs> no, LeVar- <laughs> there you go. Is that his father? Wait, is that the father or the player? That's the that's father. the father. The father. He's never, okay. he's, he's never lost play. though, so it'd be perfect. Yeah. That'd be awesome. He's undefeated. Oh, never man. lost. I'm undefeated. Never lost. So yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna watch it though. If I'm being dead honest, are you not gonna watch it because you're mad about the draft? Yeah, I'm done with basketball <laughs> forever. I'm quitting. I'm actually gonna just watch soccer now. I'm a European soccer expert. <laughs> It's oh, funny because we which we, Christian Bale from? Yeah, so I got I got to make some very <laughs> huge corrections. Bale? I will say my picks for the Euro, I've been hundred percent correct so far. However, I called the striker for Wales <laughs> Christian Bale. His name is Gareth Bale. Christian Bale is Batman, so Batman <laughs> is not playing for Wales. Also, not that we uh, know of, <laughs> Robert Le- Lewandowski is not German. I should have guessed by the last name ending with S-K-I that he's probably not German and maybe Polish. So yeah, I'm an expert. Faux show. <laughs> so Seamus, before we get out of here, is there any other basketball-related stuff you want to get off your chest today? Um, I don't like the discussion, uh, even though it's a bummer about how many injuries there has been. I think that's a factor that needs to be accounted for because of the shortened season and all that action. But uh, I, I think that the young stars that we're seeing emerge specifically in Devin Booker and Trey Young need, need to be highlighted more, need to be marketed more. And I think the storylines of Giannis, a two-time MVP, being able to finally uh, burst through the glass ceiling that was preventing him previously of getting a championship and the potential excitement of uh, – I don't think the Clippers are going to do anything without Kawhi, but maybe Kawhi returns – Maybe it's a redemption tour for Paul George. I think there's a lot of interest left in this postseason, but the storylines and headlines and discussion circulating around it would make you think that it's been terrible and it's a bummer and it's not worth watching because the players aren't around and there's not people playing. I've actually loved this postseason. And, you know, you don't have all the stars. You don't have, like, LeBron. I know Harden's been hurt for most of the part. Um, You have other guys missing. Kawhi's out now. But the games have been super entertaining. Like we've had three game sevens in the second round, and they've all been like very closely fought games. It's no no blowouts. It's been great, and I think there is something good about having a lot of new faces because there's a lot of young stars that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't talk about normally. Like Trey Young has just propelled himself to, you know, NBA stardom in, in one postseason. I'm still a little suspect that if you can actually do the whole thing with him, but like if you need a bucket, that guy might be the the best guy to get a bucket right now on his own. I'd have to agree too with Steve and I gave Steve a lot of crap going into this season and I'm really happy for the NBA because I think this is exactly what they need. I feel like it was really top heavy with Cleveland and Golden State for so long 
and now having three teams that have never even won a world championship and then the hawks haven't won it since 1958 this is great yeah and can i just say like people just <laughs> suck because like three <laughs> years ago everyone was complaining that cleveland and golden state oh we already know it's gonna be the finals and they complained that it's so predictable blah 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 and now we have no idea and everyone's like Oh, there's no star teams. This stinks. Like, guys, just enjoy <laughs> basketball. Goodness gracious. No, it's going to be good. And if I think it's likely that the Suns win and the Bucks win. And then moving forward, Trey Young is going to have a greater reputation around the world as uh, a watchable and likable and marketable villain. And I think that after that, I think that moving forward, once teams return, the, the the typical teams like the Lakers and the maybe the Sixers and what have you, the teams that were actually expected to be there at the end, you're going to have more interest on the back end with teams like the Phoenix Suns now that they've made a burst onto the scene into the NBA Finals. And we've seen that Devin Booker is actually a top 16, 17 player in the league. And Aiton is incredible and awesome and is one of the better assets in the league and is much better than Rudy Gobert. So I, I think that overall having having different uh, guests at the party, I, I think that helps the next party type of thing. I, I think it, it makes it more exciting. It should it should drive more interest. And I, I'm, I like this offseason. I'm in the same boat as you guys. The basketball so far has been awesome. I mean, that that – it was rocky, but that that Bucks Nets series, it started off. There was there was a few blowouts, and we were thinking, "Oh my God, what were we thinking?" And we were thought this was going to be remarkable. And then it was game after game of just all time performances on both teams. It was out of control, and and we're seeing that across the league on both conferences. I've 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 been a huge fan of what's been going on. Yeah, and when Joe Harris is your number three option, you're in trouble. Shout out Colin Gilchrist. Yes, but. Uh, yeah, I like I like watching Trey Young, but he just has to stop committing insurance fraud every every play. Like you know, like you see those commercials or like those YouTube clips of like people walking down the street in Russia or whatever. It's always like in a Middle East, Middle uh, Eastern European country, and they like jump on the hood of the car and act like they got hit by the car. I feel like that's every time Trey Young dribbles a basketball, he's like jumping on the hood of a car trying to get a foul. Basketball is the new soccer. <laughs> That's a really good point, Dan. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Thank you. (laughs) What is happening? I don't know. Manuel just presses (laughs) random buttons during the show, tries to throw me off. Kate is only working out for one team, the Detroit Pistons. That is a mistake. I forgot that they had uh, uh, Hammy Diallo. I like that lineup. Cade, Hammy, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, Beef Stew. Great lineup. Young, going to be watching a lot of Detroit Pistons basketball. I'm going to get some of those Grant Hill – Turquoise, maybe the red jersey, but with the Cade jersey, definitely. The Pistons. Can they go back to that? They look so much better. Oh, those are such nice jerseys with the actual horse on them. That's what they but, need to be doing. We should talk about retro gear for all the sports next time. There you go. The only tough part about talking about gear is like when it's an audio medium, it's really hard to, to translate You know, images via spoken word. I'd just like to see Emmanuel in a retro uniform. Maybe the old, I don't know, 76ers or powder blue, blue Jays. There you go. Is that just because because I had no sleeves and I'd be, I'd be like, uh, like uh, sporting the farmer's tan. (laughs) The no sleeves. You want to go Cincinnati Reds? Yeah, that'll look good. 
So before we get out of here, I just want to go around the chat and just ask, you can say who you think will win the NBA championship, but I just, I want to actually hear who you want to win. Like who would you prefer to see in the finals just for your pure entertainment? Or maybe, you know, you want to complete a storyline. It just would be a great, great for the NBA. Um, I guess I'll go first because I threw it out there. So I give everyone a chance to really think about what they want to say. For some reason, I don't want the Suns to win. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It's just been too easy for them. They've had no injuries. I would hate to see them walk right through the playoffs. But I, I'd like to see them in the finals, and I think I would like to see. I'd like to see the Hawks in the finals. I want to see some chaos. I want the Hawks to win it all, just to be the the shocker, the Cinderella that makes it through the dance. Because we didn't even think they were going to get out of the first round. It was like a t- coin toss between them and the Knicks. So I just want to see the magic continue. Uh, Trey Young will just keep comp- committing insurance fraud, and uh, our ginger friend Kevin Herter will just take him to the championship. Kevin Herter for Finals MVP. <laughs> Anyone want to follow that up? Red Velvet. I I think I'm I would pick the Bucks over the Suns in seven games, unless Kawhi Leonard's ACL isn't as detached as you'd think, then I'm picking whatever team Kawhi Leonard's on to win everything. But that, that's always a great ter- uh, sentence too. Is like, let's just hope it's not as detached as we think. Right. Because it's, it's sprained and messed up, but maybe he can still play. But I, I think the Suns, they've had the best health and most complete team the entire postseason. So I, I think that's going to get them the distance, but I think that the Bucks pose too many issues but it, it's hard to be confident in Milwaukee because, man, they do a lot of stupid things. And Coach Bud does not deserve to win a championship with the basketball he's been coaching. But I, um, I'm going for Giannis. Or I don't Yeah, sure. Seven-game finals. The Hawks are sweep. I'm picking sweep. Really? You're not, not a believer? I, I mean, they'll probably win one or two games, but I would rather, for the excitement, pick a sweep. The only thing that I have to disagree with you about on the Hawks versus the Bucks is I am a little concerned how thin the Bucks are. Like outside of their their core three with uh, Giannis, Middleton, and uh, Drew Holiday, I don't really trust anybody else. I mean, if you watch the fourth quarter of all those games, it was just those three, and it was mostly just Chris Middleton. Like Giannis just got through that those games on the back of Chris Middleton. So. I think the Hawks have a lot more scoring as far as like I can count on more than one or two people, even though like you don't think of Red Velvet or you don't think of Danilo Gallinari or some of those other guys as like elite options. They have guys that can actually step up. They're not afraid of the moment. So don't sleep on the Hawks, man. Anyone else want to go on uh, who they'd like to see? Yeah, I'll go next. (laughs) It's because you put that finger up too late, Emmanuel. Um, (laughs) I want to see the Bucks against the Suns, and I want the Bucks to win, even though I didn't pick them as one of my big surprises. I just want everyone to be like, wow, he did it by himself. Well, not by himself, obviously, as a team, but he didn't need two other superstars to come in, and that's what I want to see. I want to see Giannis win one. Seems like a good guy. <laughs> so, And again, I concur with the, with, uh, the Bucks because when I saw them, play against the Raptors I was super impressed with Giannis and the the overall I think the Bucks will take the whole thing that's what I feel will happen nice so I appreciate everyone listening through this we talked a lot of basketball this week I think next weekend I think we should just have some fun maybe push off the sports a little bit and just get let loose so 
if you're listening, you like the show, listen next week. We're going to have a good time. Probably less sports. Just mess around, have a good time. I want to sh- thank... Yeah, Emmanuel? Uh, no, can we talk about Ice Cubes next time? As- no. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we were we want to talk about movies, actually. We we're talking about movies for a while. Yeah, Seamus, yeah. you're more than welcome to join. We're going to talk about movies, best movie quotes of all time. Mm. So if oh, you yeah. have any good ones, do you have a good nominee? Not yet. I'll have to think about it. Okay. What's your favorite favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? I don't know. Elf. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you're liking some of the things that Emmanuel's bringing I, today. I, I got... You sit on a throne of lies. Look. Yeah. There you I, go. I got them all lined up. <laughs> so if you come back next week, we can have Emmanuel for an hour, 15 minutes, just play Elf sounders <laughs> for you. I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. all right right. well ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening to the podcast i want to thank seamus mcnamara for joining us today appreciate it buddy it's been a pleasure uh i'm going to now quit basketball because orlando sucks have a good night we'll talk to you next week peace out